the title of the message this morning is bringing the wanderer back. Or I'd like to say it like this, how to catch a stray. (laughs) I believe everybody in here has been commissioned of the Lord to go get some sheep that are no longer in the fold. Now it's a spiritual work. And I don't want to take away from the message, but let me just say this, church. The fact that more sheep that's wandered off have not been gathered back in is evidence there's not much spiritual work going on. I'm going to read Galatians 6, 1 says, if you see a brother overtaken in a fault, ye which are spiritual, restore such a one. That's a spiritual work that is commissioned not just to preachers, Sunday school teachers and deacon. Every Christian should have a burden in their heart to see people that have wandered off restored back. It is a spiritual work. And we which are spiritual should, well, hopefully we're spiritual enough to go do that work. But if we're not, let's get spiritual so we can go catch a stray. I'm looking for some folk to go catch a stray. I'm hoping we can gather up a busload that'll want to go out and blitz this community and catch astray. And I don't want to give people a reason to quit church. Them that's been wounded, them that are weak, and them that are weary, and even them that are wicked, we won't go catch them and bring them in here. I want to go get every drug dealer, every harlot. I want them all. They'll be welcome here at this church. I want to go get every person on the street up there at 7th Avenue all the way down here to this part of the community that the cops don't like to go to. I want to see them come to church. And I believe if we can do that, Brother Jeremy, we're going to see this. We're going to have to build a church. I believe we can see that wall knocked out of the back. I believe God can do it. I believe that's why he made that wall where it could be easily removed and took back another 30 foot. I hope that we can see today every one of us need to be a part of a spiritual work catching astray. Can everybody say amen? Father, we want to pray today for your help that you didn't help us to mind you, help us to be obedient to you. Put some faces on some of these sheep. Lord, we know that the Bible tells us If we want to know what Jesus would do, all we got to look at is Luke 15. And Lord, we see that there was 99 at the house and there was one out yonder that you left the 99 for. Oh God, it's what you do. You go out catching the stray. Help us, Lord, to go be about the spiritual work of catching a stray, bringing back the wanderer. Lord, bless the word as we read it. Have your way and help us to preach. Thank you for the truth today. Today. In Jesus' name, we thank and pray. Amen. How don't you look with me? I'll read my text. You can be seated. James 5, verse 19. Brethren, children of the same womb, people who are born again, he says, Brethren, comma, if any of you do err, oh my, from the truth, and one convert him, let him know that he which converteth the sinner from the error of his way shall save us all from death 
and shall hide a multitude of sin. You can be seated. If the Lord would help me for a little while this morning, I want to preach on that thought uh, how to catch astray, how to bring back those uh, who have wandered off. Uh, according to Galatians chapter number six and verse number one, it is a spiritual work for us to see those who are overtaken and have fallen, uh, and we which are spiritual should want to see them restored uh, with a spirit of meekness, considering ourselves, lest we also be tempted, that we should bear one another's burden. We should have a compassion for somebody who has been kicked down or knocked down. I remember thinking about the girls and the other day I had to get on to one of the girls. I, I, they told, told on one of the other ones and I said, now I'm gonna tell you, you're gonna get punished I, just like the one that did the wrong gonna get punished. He looked at me a little funny, Brother Linder, and I said, you've gotta realize uh, that you were happy at seeing your sister get in trouble. Are y'all with me? They were happy to watch that. I see them smile while the other was getting scolded. And I looked at her and she said, but I didn't do nothing. And I said, well, what she did was you were happy about her getting in trouble. And friend, I'm afraid that we as Christians see somebody who's in a mess and instead of wanting to see them helped up, I'm a feeling something from heaven right here. Instead of wanting to see them helped up, and see, instead of giving them a hand to lift them up, we want to make sure they get kicked down. We want to stomp them down and put them back in the hole. We want to go tell on them. We want to go see them get in trouble. We like it when something bad happens. God help us to want to see them restored. Can I hear an amen? We ought to be a restorer. Now, James has already told us in this book in chapter one how easy it is to err. Remember what he said in James chapter number one. He said, do not err, verse 16, my beloved brethren. He, remember now, he said in James five, verse number 19, brethren, if any of you, you see, preacher, what is it? Number one, there is a possibility admitted. Some, a solemn warning to every Christian. You can be one of them that err. He's talking to beloved brethren. Do not err from the truth. Who is truth? The truth is a person. Jesus said, I am the way and the truth and the life. Pilate looked at Jesus and said, what is truth? I'd like to say, you're looking at truth. So whether Aaron from the shepherd or Aaron from the shepherd's scriptures, Aaron from the truth, he said, beloved brethren, do not err from the truth. Now in that same context, he said, it, say not that when you're tempted, you're tempted of God. For every man is tempted when he's drawn away of his own lust. We can't blame everything on the devil. That's a cop out. Everybody's blaming everything on the devil. I never forget when I first started pastoring, a woman stood up and bragged on the devil. That's what she was doing. She said, I just, I want everybody to pray for me. The devil blowed up my vacuum cleaner. 
And I thought myself, I said, Miss Maria, how old? She said, it's 30 years old. It's a dirt devil. And I said, well, that's probably why I got blowed up. Hey, it's everybody. We want to give the credit to the devil. No, I'm going to tell you, the responsibility for our sin is ourself. He said, thrown away of your own lust. Get out from that pocket of safety, from the fold of the shepherd, from the refuge of the shepherd. When we get to erring away, then we produce an environment for our flesh to fill us. Do not err, my beloved brother. See, we sin when we are enticed, but we're first drawn away of our own lust, and we get out away from the Lord. You see, Peter didn't cuss right off the bat. Peter didn't deny God right off the bat. He started walking afar off. Are y'all with me today? He started, hey, when you go bass fishing and you throw in that lure in there underneath that log, that bed where he's at, that's safety. In that log, safety. Among them lilies, safety. But he starts getting drawn away and then he's enticed. That word entice is a fisherman's lure. That bass don't see the hooks. All it sees is something good to chaw on. And he latches on to it. See, the devil waits till you're drawn away of your own lust. Then he'll throw that sin. That long-haired, blonde-headed girl. Hey, and hey, man. Is everybody all right? Yes, sir. That little sweet-talking boy. Hey, he'll throw that lure out there and you don't see the death. All you see is the opportunity to satisfy your own lust. Every man is tempted when he's drawn away. It's easy. Listen, we can point our finger at everybody else, but look what the text says. James has warned us in chapter one. and chapter two, he's told us if we sin in any point, we're guilty of all points. He, in chapter three, he's told us what most of our problem is. That's our tongue. Most of us sin with our tongue. Might as well say Amen. Amen, that's right. Bashing, backbiting or something. Most of us sin with our tongue. It's an unruly evil. We can tame a lion. We can tame a, a killer whale. We can control a Titanic with a ham. But when none of us, not one man, can control this tongue. It is set on fire of hell, James 3 says. It's a problem that every one of us have to look out for. We begin to err sometimes with our thoughts, sometimes with our tongue, but we get in a mess when we're seeing out there portrayed, not just in our talk, but in our walk. Now stay with me. Here's what I was thinking. Chapter four, he gets spiritual. Chapter five, he gets spiritual. He's leading up to something, Brother Jeremy. And then he gets to the last two verses and he gives us one more solemn warning. And he says this, brethren, you that I talked to in chapter one and chapter two and chapter three and chapter four and I've talked to in chapter five. Remember chapter five. He said, you got the same power to prayer as Elijah did who prayed that it didn't rain and said, God ain't changed a bit. But I want you to know, so as y'all hadn't changed a bit. Brethren, just know this. If any of you do err. You know what he's saying, Brother Jeremy? He's saying everyone's liable to. Every person in this building is liable to make his mistake. Any of you, however experienced, 
However long you've been in the fight, you can make a mistake. Now, we used to raise sheep years ago. We had sheep down there in that other house we used to live in. And I'll never forget this. We had one sheep put in there. He's a bad apple. And that old sheep, he wouldn't be satisfied. Brother Linder, we had green pastures, had good sheep food. We didn't feed them generic food. We had a good salt block. I mean, we had water. We loved on them sheep. Them sheep come up to us, let us pet them. I, matter of fact, I had one of them sheep. He, he thought he was a dog. He chased cars. Be anything I ever seen. Lay up on the porch like he's a dog. Look in the window. The boys would throw football. He'd hit it with his nose. Beat anything y'all ever seen. Y'all ain't never seen a sheep like his. this. I mean, they was family. One of them's name was Rose. Rose was the calmest of them all. She had two dead babies in her. We, me and Michelle had to pull the dead babies up out of her. And uh, after that point, she loved on us unconditionally. She realized we saved her life. Whew, I'm feeling something on that. Woo, hallelujah. Thank you, shepherd, amen. Hallelujah. Woo, you know what she did, Brother Jeremy? She lost her too, but she saw another mama kick their, kick their sheep out. And you know what? This don't happen in sheep. This don't happen in livestock. That rose adopted, you know what she said? I love my shepherd so much. He loves me. I got to share that love. And she adopted, Brother Johnny, another sheep and raised that sheep like her own. But that sheep that she raised had a little rebel in him. And he's a problem child. And I'm going to tell you what he did. He broke out of the fence one day. And here little Rose goes out after him. She loved him so much, she didn't want him to die. He ended up dying. There was some people across the road. I won't tell you their nationality, but they liked sheep, and they had that thing roasting within eight hours. I'm just telling you. All right, is everybody with me? All right, do this. It'll keep us moving forward. All right, and brother, somehow or another, sheep don't have no direction. They're dumb. They don't have no sense of direction. She had come home enough to know that she is close to home, but she got caught up in some briars. I went to looking for her. I called Keith Russell. I said, bring that Dodge Ram down here. Four-wheel drive. We got to go find it. And y'all know, we finally found that baby. She's a bad, caught up. She's caught up in the briars. Me and Keith went and rescued her. She's a stray. She's, I said, she's a stray. I said, she's a stray. And she's going to die. All she had to do, she just got tired. She just gave up. The thorns and the storms got too much, Brother Chris. And she just got tired. All she had to do was get one hoof unhung. That's all she had to do. But she, she still, we had to pick her up, put her up in the bed. She still laid there like she was dead. We backed her up where she could see the rest of the sheep. She jumped up, went to prancing around. I said, boy, look at that. She knows she's home. She's with family again. What I'm trying to tell y'all is some of them sheep just need somebody to love them enough to go after them. Even though they followed the wrong one, somebody needs to bring a Dodge Ram back where they at. Ain't you glad there's a King Ram came where you was and hauled you out of the mud hole. I say hallelujah. We ought to have that same love and go over, pick them up, load them up, bring them back to church and they'll be happy to be back in fellowship. It's a solemn warning. No matter how much we love the Lord, 
and how much the Lord loves us, we got to be careful because we can find ourselves. Are y'all with me? It's the possibilities admitted in chapter five. If any of you do err, preacher, don't point that finger at me. Well, hold on. We say, how's it happen? Well, they begin to think wrongly. Most of the time when people err, it starts out thinking wrongly about God. They get to thinking God don't care about them. God don't love me. They'll get to thinking the sheep don't love me. They'll get to thinking might as well enjoy sin. They'll get to, are you? They're thinking wrongly about the shepherd, wrongly about the sheep, wrongly. Hey, hey, somebody needs to remind them again hey, what the Savior did for them. <laughs> we didn't do nothing to get in this race and we can't do nothing to stay in this race. Every one of our families are together by the grace of God. This church is going on by the grace of God. You still shouting on Sunday morning by the grace of God. Your children had kicked out and went the way of the world only by the grace of God. If it's up to me and you, they done be out there. Am I right? That's what he said, if any of you. So there's a solemn warning, Brother Jeremy. The possibilities admitted. You say, preacher, come on. Give me a Bible example. What about Achan? Oh, yeah. You say, I want New Testament. Okay. What about Peter? <laughs> you say, preacher, you already mentioned him. All right. What about them two on the road to Emmaus? They done heard about the resurrected Lord, but they just fed up. They going back to the house. I ain't seen him. Two of them walking back home. I'm glad Jesus ain't like some of us. Well, get on to the house then. Better go in the come. I don't understand the preacher that says people look better going than coming. They don't never, I don't care how much trouble, they ain't better going than coming. I know it might be better off and God knows something that we don't know, but my heart still loves them folk. Are y'all with me? We gotta go catch a stray. We gotta go, don't tell on them, just go get them for Jesus. Now listen, two people on the road to Maus. I like what Jesus did. He joins up company with them. Woo! They in a place of backslidden disobedience rebellion. Jesus done told them, Terry, over yonder, I'm gonna come visit with them. They said, we're going to the house. Jesus comes up beside of them, said, why are you so down trotting? Why are you so beat down? He said, have you not been so long in Jerusalem? Have you not heard that Messiah, the man said, Messiah, he's dead. <laughs> he starts at Moses and the prophets and starts preaching to them everything. Get back to the house. Hey, they still don't see him yet. They admit later that when he's preaching, their hearts are burning. They admit there's something different. But when they get back to the house and he breaks bread, and he hands them bread and they see them nail wounds and he's gone from them. They said, wow, he didn't leave us alone. 
And the Bible said they ran back. He's alive! He's alive! I'm telling y'all, that's what Jesus does. He goes after the stray. Are y'all y'all with me? The possibilities admitted. It can happen, friend. The responsibilities accepted. Look what he said. And one convert him. If any of you do err from the truth, from the Bible, I mean, these is people that's been saved. They've joined the church. They've trusted Christ. They're born again people. They washed in the blood. Now you say, preacher, come on now. Oh yeah, they saved. They in there. They walk in the walk. They talk in the talk. They're brethren. The only way they can be brethren, the warning goes to brethren. That's children of the same womb. That ain't just saying you in church. That's a part of the bride. That's a part of the body. They've been born again, Brother Jeremy. They have been born again. A solemn warning. But we got a responsibility accepted. Someone must bring them back. There must be a restorer. He said, in one, convert him. Anyone. Not just a pastor. Not just a deacon. Not just a preacher's wife. Not just somebody in the church that's been saved a long time. No, sir. Every one of us. You say, preacher, how are we going to do it? Well, number one, we got to take a trip. I'm saying there's a responsibility accepted. Number one under that t- number two title, we got to take a trip. If I hadn't took a trip with Brother Keith Russell, that sheep would have never made it back in the fall. Every single one of us, Jesus left the 99, went after the one, took a trip. You say, but what about the prodigal son? Don't worry, the Holy Ghost went through the rail before he jumped the rail and hit the trail. Oh yes, cause he came to himself. How you reckon he came to himself? Same way you came to yourself. The Holy Ghost opened you. Hey man, that's how you came to yourself. That's a, I'm glad God fetches. <laughs> Woo! He fetches strays. He brings the wanderers back. Oh, he's talking to brethren. Solemn warning. Somebody, anybody, if one of you, one of you, any of you, one of you, will convert him. Take a trip. Tell him the truth. Tell him the error of his ways. The Bible says, you've told him the error of his way in verse 20. Yes, sir, you've been honest with him. You know what Christians ought to be, Brother Jeremy? They ought to be jaws of life. Is everybody with me? Jaws of life. Does everybody know what that is? If you know what jaws of life is, lift your hand. All right, here's how, I'm gonna, here's how a Christian ought to be like a jaws of life. I'm going to study them things. Should have got Brother Johnny. He's a fireman. I'm going to find out all the details about this. Jaws of life business. I preach a message on that one day. But you listen to me. Every Christian ought to be like a jaw. Why? Chris, it doesn't matter if somebody is texting on I-26 and it's completely their fault. Run right up underneath the 18 wheeler. They'll still get the jaw. It's their fault. It's their fault, Jeremy. They should have been paying attention. They don't ask to see it. Was you paying attention? Is it your? (laughs) Boy, I'm getting some help in this. 
It don't matter how mangled they are. I mean, arms all cut. It don't matter. Some people say, just forget it. They're going to cut an opening so they can get out the door and make it to safety. Is somebody with me today? I'm telling you, Christians are to be a jaw of life to bring rescue, whether it's their fault or not their fault. Don't make no difference. Somebody need to go catch a stray and bring a wanderer back to the house. Amen. Oh, yeah, take a trip. Tell the truth. Show them you love them. Bible said if you'll do that, you'll cover sin. Brings me to my next point. The cover sin. Possibility admitted. Every one of us can err. It's a possibility of us erring. But there's a responsibility for all of us that needs to be appreciated. God's made every one of us a stray catcher. Every one of us. Now, it's a spiritual work. I heard one man of God put it like this. That's a spiritual work. And it's evidence there ain't much spiritual work going on at church because there ain't many people getting restored. Now, ye which are spiritual, restore such a one. <laughs> Considering thyself, how do you do it? With the spirit of smart aleckness? With the spirit of meekness? That's what, you know what, Mo, you know what they say Moses was the meekest man? Y'all think he is a wimp? Absolutely not. He is a man of God. But I'm going to tell you, you don't have to be weak to be meek. And he got in such a shape. God had done such a work in his heart. That love had so touched him. Like that sheep that adopted that other. Cast away. That that stowed away was, hey, Hallelujah. <laughs> Moses had got such a work done on his heart, brother. At first, when he came down and they had their clothes off and they were worshiping the blessing, the golden calf, more than the blesser, more than God. They had their clothes off. They were naked. They were coming out. Are y'all with me? They were wicked, worshiping a false god and saying, these are the gods that brought us out. Moses threw down the tablet and broke it. Are y'all with me? He's upset. They had already broken the law, so why don't I just break these laws? You have done broken them. This is what y'all did. God wrote with his finger, and y'all broke this. Are y'all with me? Did he not pull you out with his hand? Did he not write with his finger on the table of your heart how much he loved you? I say hallelujah, and yet we break his commandments. But later on, God wants to kill them all. He's... he's he ain't changing God's mind, but God's a changing Moses' mind. And Moses finally gets to the place, he said, Lord, I'll tell you what to do. Take me out of the book of life. Just go ahead and take me out so you can put them in. Paul was the same way. He said, Lord, if there was some way you could take me out of the book so some of my Jewish heritage could get in the book, I'm gonna tell you, that's a big thing to say. That's a big thing to say, friend. But he had such of the love of God in his heart that Moses was willing to suffer an eternity in hell without the hope of getting saved just so that some of his loved ones, you know what Moses is wanting? Take my life out so you'll spare somebody else that's wandered off. Friend, I'm gonna tell you. Here it is, Jeremy. There's a responsibility to everyone so that a catastrophe is avoided. If not, they're gonna die. 
Now you said, preacher, what do you mean die? Our text hadn't anything to do with salvation. Salvation is all of God. He initiates it. He draws you to repentance. He gives you, by grace are you saved through faith. When he's talking about converteth a sinner, he's not talking about seeing a soul saved. He's talking to brethren. He uses this same word when he talks to backsliders. I'm gonna prove it to you. Take your Bible and look back in Psalms 51 right quick. It's the last point, Psalm 51. Look at Psalm 51. Psalm 51, oh yeah, have mercy upon me, oh God, according to thy loving kindness. <laughs> Thank you, Lord. According unto the multitude of thy tender mercies, blot out my transgression. Wash me thoroughly from mine iniquity and cleanse me from my sin. For I acknowledge my transgression and my sin is ever before me. Hallelujah. Listen, what the Bible says in Luke 22. Hallelujah. In Luke chapter number 22 and verse number 32, David had got to that place and he said, Lord, I need you to take out my old stony heart. I'm putting a heart that can rejoice again about the goodness of God. And in verse chapter 22 of Luke and in verse number 32, this is what the Bible says. Hey man, but I have prayed for thee. He's talking to Simon. He's telling that Satan's gonna, he's going to try his best to sift him as he would wheat. And in verse 32, Jesus looks at Simon Peter and he said, I've prayed for thee that thy faith fail not. And when thou art converted, strengthen thy brethren. Hallelujah. He has already fallen the Lord, but he was gonna need converted out of a backslidden state now some people don't like to say people can be backslid but it don't really matter because the evidence of the, the evidence that the world can see that a person is truly saved is the life you live and if that dies and, and if your testimony dies then I'm going to tell you it will bring a multitude of potential sins upon that person who has lost their testimony they will, are y'all following me? oh yes, this is talking about not salvation but a restoration, we are to catch astray, we're to go after those who have wandered from the truth we are to spare no expense on bringing both sinner and backslider to the Lord Jesus, he said that if you do that, you'll cover a multitude of sin. You know what you're doing? You're taking a trip. You're telling them the truth. You're showing them love, but you're taking them by the tree just one more time. And the same blood that converted them, amen, from a sinner to a saint can convert them from a backslider to a blessed testimony. Amen. Hear me today. 1 Timothy 4, 16 says, Take heed unto thyself and unto the doctrine and continue in them. For in doing this thou shalt both save thyself and them that hear thee. Is he talking about we can save ourselves? Absolutely not. But what he's talking about is saving yourself a lot of heartache and shame. Hey, I don't want to bring no shame on the Lord. I want to do a work for God. This is a spiritual work, friend. Now, sometimes this is a hurt process. I know a man that got his bone shattered, kind of like little Davy, but he was grown up. And he went to the bone doctor, and the man was going to come in and amputate. 
And he said, call in a specialty, specialty, a specialist. And that specialist come in there and said, oh, no, we can fix this. He put a metal plate up underneath the skin, put another metal plate, put some bolts in there. And to this day, that man don't even limp. He don't limp when he walks. Because somebody that does the right kind of restoring, you won't even be able to tell they've That's ever been right. restored. That's right. Amen. Good God. I'm, you, oh, you can't go over with smart and attitude. You can't go over and think you can just, oh, let's just cut the leg off. Yeah. I mean, he's his fault. He's in a mess anyway. Yeah. I mean, thank God he's back, but they'll always see the evidence that one day he walked off and shattered his Oh, no. Our desire is to see him so restored that nobody will ever know years down the road that they got fouled up and messed up. Hallelujah. Are y'all with me? We need to, it's a spiritual work. We which are spiritual. He said, preacher, I ain't spiritual. Well, get that way. Get what? Get that way. What's hindering you from going after somebody? He said, consider yourself, lest you also be tempted. Maybe what they're overtaking in is creeping in on you. And you got to get that fixed. You see, does this not happen? When I go to the jail to be a blessing, I end up getting blessed. When I go to the nursing home, I end up getting blessed. Y'all go on the street to be a blessing, you end up getting blessed. How is that? When the person seeks to restore somebody, they first got to make sure they don't need restoring themselves. They're going to be a blessing, but they're going to get a blessing just wanting to do something for God. Are y'all with me? And they're gonna be praying the whole time. And when they get over and see where this sin has took this person, they're gonna come back rejoicing. My God, whoa, that's where I was headed. Oh, thank God my family ain't broke up. I've been in a mess just like them. But because I had a heart to see somebody else restored, I didn't need restoring myself. God fixed me up and repentance restores a person to the place that you can't even tell. They won't even have a limp. Can I tell you today, I've known preacher, Sunday school teacher, church member, all of them, preacher's wives, that people said, they so far gone, they'll never be back. And right when people say that, God will say, huh, I'll show you. And the end result is, it says, shall save them from a multitude of sins. Am I right? It shall cover a multitude of sins. Ain't that what it says? Let me read it right quick in verse 20. Y'all, y'all let him know that he which converteth the sinner from the error of his way shall save a soul from death and shall hide a multitude of sin. The only thing that hides anything is the blood. That's the only thing that covers anything. So you got to take them back by the tree. That's right. Uh, am I right? Amen. By the, back by the tree, a refreshing at the tree. Uh, 
hey, the tree thrown into the bitter waters of that person's life will bring sweetness back out of the fountain. Is that not, is that not what the Bible said in the book of Exodus? Yes, oh, hallelujah, brother Chris. I'm so glad I can tell you person after person after person. And I've heard other people smart ethically say things like this. Well, I'm gonna tell you right now, they'll never be you for God again. I'll tell you right now, they'll never be you for God again. Write them off, ruin, done, that God will never use them again. And if you don't watch it, most of the time, them with that attitude, they'll be off somewhere in a bar somewhere in about 10 years in worse shape than that person they pointed out. I've done seen it, friend. I bet I ain't the smartest feller. I didn't fall off a turnip truck yesterday. And I'm telling you this, 19 years pastor in this church, I've seen a lot of smart Alex. And they said, well, I don't know why you don't church us. And, and I don't see why you don't church us. And, and we've church people. But it's because they didn't repent. If they'll get right, I'm gonna do what the Bible says do. I'm gonna forgive them. I'm gonna love them. I'm gonna bring them back into fellowship. And by the way, the church and ain't to keep them out anyway. It's so they'll repent and bring them back in. By the way, I said by the way, it's to restore them back into fellowship. I say amen. They just leave that part out. Am I right? I know this, the Bible says you ought not be no striker. About half people behind pulpits are strikers. It's going to stir something up. And I'm just telling you, we got to have spirit of love. Got to have spirit of love. Let me ask y'all something. Have y'all ever erred? <laughs> now, I know some of you. Ain't you glad the Holy Ghost? Me and my daddy set traps when I was little. We'd go down there at the creek, find out where the raccoons and the bobcats trapped a bobcat one time. Man, that was something. And we hid that thing. Find out where he's traveling. <laughs> I don't know if that's legal, so y'all don't tell on me. All right, and find out where he's traveling, and put sticks up in his way, so he's going right down there to the water hole, and we we grab him. I mean, got him, brother. Ain't no hope for that. He's done with. But I, I've realized something, brother. Sometimes when you trap something, and you say. There ain't no way that thing can get out. Hey, somehow or another, that thing will get out. Yep, that's right. And he won't never be able to be trapped again. Right. He done learned his lesson. He'll be keener, have more discernment, be a better blessing, keep everybody else from falling yeah. in the same trap. That's right. Amen. Got a preacher friend of mine. He got so fouled up, he went drinking. They said, well, ain't no, ain't even gonna, I, I'd like to tell the names of them that said he wouldn't do nothing. But he ain't gave me liberty yet. They said he won't never be nothing for God, won't never do nothing. I just went over there and loved on him a little bit. Told him I cared for him. I ain't never tried to fit in nobody's camp anyway. That's why they mad at me. And, I just went over and loved on him. He's right now an evangelist. Kids sing all, sing all over the place with him. You'll never notice. He don't even have a limp. I heard his kids stand up and testify. 
his, he said, when I was lost, I was a drunk. His, his kids stood up and testified and said, Whoa! I never knew a drunk daddy. All I ever knew was a sold out preacher. I said, Now, some of us, we'd be honest, we wasn't actually caught in a trap, but we erred. And we saw it. And what happened, we wouldn't want nobody to know that we was heading in that direction. Ain't you glad this is what me and my daddy do? When we didn't want them to see that we'd been there seeing the foot tracks, we'd take a pine branch and wipe our footprints out. Ain't you glad the Holy Ghost got a big old branch and just wipes them out so your kids kids can't see your your mistakes? I gotta run one time. Whoa! If they knew all your mistakes, they'd bow great God. Are y'all with me today? I'm glad the Holy Ghost just wipes them out, just cleans them up. I say amen. What I'm saying is, if it wasn't for grace, we'd have put our foot in that trap. And some of us have, and God let us get out. And it's a miracle to this day how we ain't lost a foot, how we ain't in a mouse, and how we still at church. But by the grace of God, somebody came by and saw us restored. He's a preacher friend, come here one time. He got on some medicine. Jacob, you come on. And uh, took his clothes off. Got on 26. Thumb and a ride. Literally, it was the medicine. Medicine makes you feel like stuff's crawling on you. Gets you in such a shape. <laughs> Now, I don't want to hurt nobody's feelings. And I know we need medicine. But I'm going to tell you, these doctors are a bunch of legalized drug dealers. <laughs> preach on, preach on. Hey, man. You better watch this mess. <laughs> if you got to baptize yourself in oil, something needs to happen. Help us, Lord. I know we need it sometime. I know a man that's in prison today. Had a tooth pull, gave him Percocet. That business owner lost everything from the pain medicine. Are, are y'all are y'all with me today? We got we got to be careful. Now some of us sitting here today, if we be honest, it's the grace of God. Yes, sir. I mean, it's the grace of God that we ain't kicked out. 